step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to a special edition of Fight Back 2020. For those of you joining us on fightbackmedia.com, welcome. And for those of our Blog Talk Radio listeners, welcome back. Our topic today is meant to get you to question openly and to think on your own. Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Whenever, wherever you're listening across the fruited plains, my name is Willie Lawson, and this is Fight Back 2020. This is a production of Fight Back Media uh, Group. So we are thrilled that you would be with us today, that you would join us on this in this journey. There's just so much, so much going on. I always go back to long years ago, back in 2008, when a lot of us were, a lot of us, you know, Kevin Jackson, there was a whole bunch of people who are on Blog Talk Radio. Um, and I want to welcome our Blog Talk Radio listeners back. Thank you ever so much. I know that we've sort of seemed like we've deserted you while we're working on Fight Back Media, but, you know, it's tough to get this all done all the time. And um, again, spend time at work and spend time with your family and, um, sleep <laughs> so there can be a lot uh, but but I thank you for hanging in I, I I went and looked at the some of the analytics today and you, you folks are hanging in and I really 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 appreciate it which is why I decided that I'm going to record this we're using Adobe Audition to record this so you can have the best quality available that we wouldn't be, um, you know, at the um, at the mercy of whether Blog Talk Radio is going to work well today um, on um, on Wi-Fi or not. So we are recording this, uh, pre-recording this on Adobe Audition. I'd like to very soon do some more live broadcasting, you know, get you in the mix because that's part of the fun of Blog Talk Radio. And for those of you who are listening on Spreaker and our other assets, again, welcome. Thank you again for coming. If you if you're watching, if you're listening to this, especially on on the FightbackMedia.com website, we really really appreciate it. Thank you ever, ever, ever so much for your continued support. In any case, um, <clears throat> there's just so much going on. You know, I'll go back to the story that we were on Blog Talk Radio in 2008 after uh, President Obama won the uh, the election in 2008. Uh, the uh, the head of Blog Talk Radio, Alex Levy, basically told all the all the Republicans that we wouldn't have anything to talk about. It would all be over, you know, because Barack Obama was going to be the transformative president, you know, post-racial president um, that basically everybody loved and agreed with. So those of us who were dissenters would have nothing to talk about. Now, I had a, a private conversation with the uh, the editor in chief of, of our folks on um, 
on right side radio, not right side radio. What do we call it? I forgot what we called it, but it was those on, on the right. Uh, and basically, Elizabeth Blackley and I said that the election of Barack Obama would be good for business. We would have stuff to talk about forever. And it's kind of worked out that way. So, and it continues. And it continues. We still have stuff to talk about. And and every day, it gets the world, the our nation, it gets nuttier and nuttier and nuttier and nuttier. Uh, a lot of my Christian friends are of, of the mind, and I don't, I can't say they're wrong. That what's happening is that we ha- we haven't seen the Antichrist yet, but the world's being softened up for the Antichrist because the world's being softened up because we're looking for that one person or that one party or that one thing that's going to solve all our problems. And that will make us ripe for the Antichrist. So no, Reagan wasn't the Antichrist, uh, and neither was Bush, and neither was Obama, although he might have been born in the right part of the world for that. Uh, but um, and and definitely not Donald Trump. Donald Trump can't be the Antichrist. He wasn't born in the right part of the world. For those of you who know anything about the Antichrist, but that's what seems to be going on here for those of us who are of, of, of Christian faith. Um, now you can agree or disagree with me. If you agree or disagree with me, just send me an email at WLS860 at gmail.com. That is the email address that we're using for this program. Um, but today I want to talk about something that everybody's talking about. I haven't really done anything specifically, I guess, on this yet. So here we go. Uh, coronavirus. Corona coronavirus you got corona okay you're not gonna get corona uh, I joke with some of my um my workmates I ask them you know when we start talking about coronavirus and and part of the work I do is in a, in a theme park so of course the subject around of corona comes up there's no way to avoid it um, and where I teach saxophone and flute and clarinet um, because there's so many children and so many people who come there on a daily basis there's you know it's a, it's a, it's a it's a private business but a lot of people come there it's it's almost impossible not to have it come up in conversation right it's almost impossible for that not to happen so um as we as we always talk about it uh i always joke with people i said did did you get ebola and they always go no did you get sars no did you get zika no were you supposed to if you listen to me to media and they go well yeah well did you no or do you do you have ebola now i don't see your eyes bleeding i don't see blood coming out of your butt so you probably didn't get um ebola or zika or czars or mirrors or the bird flu or the swine flu you didn't you probably didn't get any of those did you no. No. Did Did you have a flu last? Did you have a flu last year? And some say, Yeah. What happened? It sucked, and then I got better. Hmm. Okay. Good. Um. So I think that we should be able to talk about this. Now I joke with them about this, but and I, believe me, stop, stop before you get all you all bent out of shape, your nose all bent out of shape, and your panties in a wad, and your liver in a quiver. Uh, I understand. I personally understand as someone who has had respiratory problems. I'm somebody who's had pneumonia 
on, I mean, hospitalized pneumonia twice in the past 10, 15 years. I'm somebody who's had pneumonia, hospitalized on, uh, you know, on, on to death pneumonia three times in their lifetime. I understand. I do believe me. I understand. And I, I personally, when there are, I mean, just regular flu season comes around, I try to be super cautious, you know, the whole, what can I do? I, you know, I can, you, you, you can wash the damn skin off your hands. Um, you make sure that you don't put your fingers in your mouth. You don't put your fingers in your eye. You try not to rub your eye, which is really tough here in Florida this time of year because the pot, the, the oak pollen is flipping, kicking. You, you feel me? It's kicking. So what happens is there's so much oak pollen that you want to rub your face and you want to rub your eyes because they're they're all dried out. But you know what? If you're someone like me, you and especially now that I am closer to 60 than I am 50 than I am 22, I have to be super careful. But you know what? I'm not. I'm not panicked. I'm not walking around with a mask. Uh, you know what? I'm you know what? I'm I'm not bathing everything I touch in you know and in bleach and in Lysol. I'm just not. I'm, first of all, I'm not going to do it because you know what? And again, I'm a guy who's had pneumonia twice in the past ten or fifteen years. I have a seven and a half inch scar on my chest uh, because, frankly, I still am a cardiac patient. Technically, triple bypass surgery six years ago getting someone into their 60s. So guess, you know, yeah, uh, I've, I've, though I have hypertension, so I have some underlying health problems. So I'm the people that the doctors are telling you to be concerned about. So be concerned about me. Pray for me. Uh, but you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to panic. I'm going to think my way through this. I'm going to pray and think my way through this. So what I want to do is I want to hit you with some numbers. Because that's what this is all about. Because they're they're throwing numbers at you. But, you know, they're not telling you all of the truth about the numbers. Let's talk about the regular flu first. Can we do that? Let's talk about the regular. And, and I've got these numbers from a world of meters. The, uh, dot info that has meters on, uh, on a whole bunch of subjects. So you can check my numbers if you'd like. Or you can check my sources. And if you don't like my sources, you can use your own. That's fine. That's fine. These are the ones that I looked at. And these are the ones that, that for whatever reason, I trust. So if you, know, if, if you have others, that's fine. Use those. I don't really give a rat's patoot. Worldwide deaths from seasonal flu. And what do we know about seasonal? What have we learned about seasonal flu? We can all, especially at this point, we can all pretty much recite it. The seasonal flu is dangerous for infants, young people, really. Um, those with compromised immune systems, well, like my own, and older people, like me. No, I do not take the flu shot. Won't do it. Um, knowing that, knowing that worldwide, worldwide, there have been 95,615 deaths, deaths this year, 95,000 deaths due to seasonal flu, 1,162 today. 
we're recording this podcast on the 12th of March. The 12th of March, 2020. 1,162 people died today due to complications from seasonal flu. 1,100. Oh my Lord, that's staggering. Absolutely, positively staggering. So let's go to Corona, shall we? COVID-19, Wunan flu, whatever you're gonna call it. I don't think calling the thing uh, by where it was first found is racist. I think that's overpolitization of something that's just dumb. Zika was from an African country and nobody's hating about that because it was easy to say and it was scary. Zika, you're going to get Zika and die. You're going to get Ebola and die. You didn't get Ebola. Yeah, you might die, but it won't be from Ebola. All right. um, Worldwide. Let's look at worldwide first when we talk about Corona. Um, So far, there are 134,559 cases of coronavirus. Now, to give you some some uh, context, every year we average about 615,000 cases of seasonal flu. Every year, about 1,600, excuse me, every year, 615,000 cases, over a half million cases of seasonal flu every year. And right now, worldwide, there are 134,559 known cases of the coronavirus. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you the number of deaths and the percentages of death um, as a ratio to worldwide cases. Number of deaths worldwide, 4,972 worldwide. That's 3.69%. That is a scary number. But I was listening to um, Dr. Ben Carson the other day. And he said something to me that made a lot of sense. Again, I want this to be something that you can think about and question openly and think about before you panic, before you go out and buy 97 rolls of toilet paper. I don't know. Can somebody email me and tell me why people are buying toilet paper? Why they're hoarding toilet paper? Can someone tell me that why that is? And why that's a thing, I still I don't I don't get it. Well, my wife says because if you're going to be sequestered in your home for 14 days, you may need to make sure that you have enough toilet paper. I'm saying if you get corona, if you got coronavirus, you're probably not going to be eating, so you probably won't be crabbing. So I don't know what your problem is. But in any case, um, 3.69 percent. Dr. Carson made a lot of sense when he said, you know, the more testing we do, the more cases we're probably going to find. And as the denominator in a ratio gets bigger, the percent of of the um, the the death from as as opposed to the deaths as opposed to cases, that percentage will decrease as the denominator gets bigger. And if you're wondering how to do this, you take the number of deaths and you divide it by the number of cases. 
how you do that. All you have to do, because you have to look at this, the number of the number of deaths is a numerator. And if you remember your arithmetic from elementary school, the numerator is a top number in in a um, in a division problem in a fraction, right? the top number the bottom number is the total number of cases that's the denominator the bottom number and all that is is a division problem so you take so you so you so you take um the numerator and divide it by the the denominator 4,972 divided by 134,559 will give you three, actually it'll give you 0.0369, which is 3.69%. And as that bottom number grows, and, and because of testing, it is going to grow. That number will grow as, because there are a lot of people walking around that are asymptomatic. 20-year-old, 20, women in their 20s are walking around completely asymptomatic. And the thing is, they may be contagious, but they're never really going to suffer any of the the problems of corona. They're going to be, um, they're going to get through their, you know, their 14-day contagious period and not suffer any symptoms and then be recovered. And as we find these people, what we're going to find out is this. We're going to find out that that bottom number, the denominator, is going to grow, which means the percentage of deaths will decrease. Let me give you a really simple example. If you found out that two people in the United States had Ebola and one of them died, it would be a 50% death rate. If the number of cases increased by, let's see, a factor of 50, and you had 100 cases, 100 cases, but you only had two people die, two out of 100 is 2%, not 50. But But the media would say that the number of deaths have doubled. The number of deaths from Ebola or whatever had doubled. Well, they went from one to two. But the number of cases went from five to 100. It's just arithmetic. That's all. Just arithmetic. Some people say math, but it's not really a math because you're not solving for an unknown. It's just arithmetic. And this is what we're going to see. I'm just going to tell you now. We're going to see this. That's all there is to it. Um, As we... You know what testing kits go out and basically it's going to, you know, testing kits are going to be pretty much you know getting tested for for coronavirus is pretty much going to be free insurance companies have decided that they're not going to um require a, a, a the um what they call it when you have to you have to pay co-pays um if you're on medicaid or medicare you'll be able to get them for free Hospitals are going to be hospitals are take a lot of hospitals around the country are taking the lead, and people are, who are coming in who who feel bad will be able to get, get, will, will be able to get tested um, for free basically because hospitals are probably taking the lead, and I think that's probably a really good thing that to let the medical people take the lead on this, not the government people. You feel me? So this is starting to happen. So the number of cases in the United States are going to increase. 
Let's get to the number of cases in the United States right now. Right now, in the United States, there are 1,716 cases, known cases of coronavirus as of the 12th of March, 2020. So far, there have been 41 deaths. Now, I don't want to demean anybody who's lost someone through complications of this or anything else. You know what the, you know, it's awful, and I'm so sorry for your loss, and it's terrible. But we are, but we're looking at this entire picture. We're looking at looking at my life and your life in this entire picture, right? So let's look at this. 41 deaths. Remember, worldwide, that percentage right now is 3.69 as compared to the number of cases. In the United States, it's 2.38. A third less. Now, we have a lot fewer cases, which really bodes well, really bodes well. We have a lot, a lot fewer cases. So it really, really bodes well that we are going to not have nearly the deaths um, as they are they as they're having worldwide, because we have such a we have a pretty small sample of cases, 1,716, and a pretty small death rate, even from the number of cases. Now, a lot of us know about most of the cases. Most of the cases are what? Elderly people, um, 19, almost half of these cases were in one location in Washington State. So if you're in um, Bug Tussle, Tennessee, what is what are your chances right now? Uh, and you've not been to Europe. You've not been to Italy. I'm going to talk about some of those numbers, too. If you've not been to Italy, what's your chances of getting coronavirus? What's your chances of uh, of contracting that virus? Every public health official, local, state and federal, has led their comments by saying this. Remember, here in the U.S., your chances of if you are a healthy person who has not traveled um, out of country to one of these hotbeds like Italy or China or I think Sierra Leone is some some weird place um, that I thought that I thought was interesting that I had not seen before. Uh, was it Sierra, Sierra Leone? No, it wasn't Sierra Leone. Uh, it was Norway, 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 where they've got what uh, socialized medicine. They should be doing great. That our chance, you know, your chance of, of contracting this virus are pretty, are really pretty small. Let me give you some. Let me give you some more numbers to crunch on because this is it's really about the numbers. It really is. When we talk about should I be worried about something? Should I not be worried about something? It's about, well, how's it doing? How's the progression? And the numbers that they throw at you on a daily basis are meant to panic you and get you glued to the TV so you can watch the commercials. So you can watch the political ads. That's what it's designed to do. Now, worldwide... Uh, the number of cases per million worldwide, 17.3 cases per million people worldwide. Q4, 
here in the United States, 5.2 cases per million. Like I said, that that number is probably going to grow a little bit because uh, we we live in a, in a place where our healthcare system is um, one of the best in the world. We have a modern healthcare system, so we're going to test a lot more people, a, high, a lot lot higher percentage of the population than they will other places. Now, if you want to get some context of this five this 5.2 cases per million people in China currently right now there are 80,000 cases 80,000 cases not 1700 cases 80,000 cases we have 1.7 thousand they have 80,000 cases 56.1 people per million that sounds like a lot. It is Italy, more socialized medicine, that is really suffering. With 15,000 cases, they have two and eight, and they've had 189 deaths. No, I'm sorry, they've had 1,016 deaths. They've had as many, almost as many deaths as we have cases in Italy. Holy moly. 250 people per million in Italy. So if you are curious about banning um, people traveling from Europe to the United States, especially from hotbeds like Italy, if, you, if you're wondering about the travel ban from folks from China, Even people from South, let's see, Iran, 120 cases per million. They've, they've, they've already had 1,075 deaths. And I'm sorry, 429 deaths. Because I know you guys are going to check my numbers. You're like, you said the wrong thing. Um, South Korea, 66 deaths. But 153.5 cases per million. Part of this is that some of these countries have really good reporting, and some of them have crappy reporting. We've got great reporting here. Germany, 32.8. France, 44.1. So, Italy, Spain at 63.7. France at 44.1. Germany at 32.8. Switzerland at 100.3. Norway, 147.6. Yeah, it's probably, uh, there's Sweden, 68.8% per million. Um, Denmark, 116.4 cases per million people. The the Netherlands, uh, 35.8 cases per million people. The UK, and you're wondering why why this travel ban doesn't include the UK? Because UK, there, uh, they've they've only had they only have 590 cases. They have half the cases. Uh, they have half the cases uh, of, of, of we do. So this is going to be, which is why I guess the travel ban from it, from Europe um, excludes the UK. So. 
Now, I again, I wonder too. I wonder why can't people fly from France into the UK and fly from the UK to the United States? Now, I imagine that everyone who's getting off the plane from the UK is going to have to deal with being um, being tested at least at some level or even being quarantined. But the fewer people you have doing that, the easier it's going to be. So the idea, again, I, I want to I continue to reiterate this idea to bang this idea home. If you are in the United States, if you are not in one of the uh, the at-risk groups. And one of the at-risk groups right now is we're finding out are older people like myself who have underlying um, underlying health problems. Uh, if you're not in that group, you're probably going to be okay. If you're a 20-something-year-old female, you're going to shake that thing, that thing off like ain't, like ain't nobody's business, like it's a mosquito bite or a gnat. If you're a healthy person, then you're going to be okay, even if you happen to contract the coronavirus. Now, if you contract the coronavirus, your responsibility is to self-quarantine and stay away from me because I'm at risk. Now, what I can't do now, I want to talk about this because this is super, super important because you see a lot of people, um, things that are missing out of stores or toilet paper for some, for some weird reason. I don't know if people are making masks out of toilet paper. I'm not sure what they're doing or, and, 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 and masks, the wearing of the mask is are not for people who are healthy. The wearing of the mask should be the wearing of the green. The wearing of the mask should be for people who are sick. It keeps the droplets in. So when they sneeze or cough, it keeps the droplets from spreading. And right now, the problem is so many of you guys have gone out and bought masks that there aren't enough masks for the people who are sick. Dumbasses. <laughs> we, we, you got, so do, do, do people who are who actually have contracted the virus a favor? Stop buying masks. Stop buying masks for your children. You're not protecting them from a damn thing because this particular virus doesn't seem to care about kids. Doesn't seem to care about kids that much, especially healthy kids. Now, kids who have, again, compromised immune systems. I have a friend who's traveling this, you know, this journey of life without a spleen. So she has to be super careful, obviously. Her you know, her sister-in-law, who has a perfectly healthy spleen and no underlying health problems, she's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Now, so stop buying masks, stop wearing masks everywhere. Now, I know when you see people from Japan, some of y'all think they're in China, but they're not from China. They're in Japan. And people in Japan have sort of taken on this social thing about wearing these surgical masks as a politeness thing. So if you have a little cough or whatever, you keep it to yourself. Or if you've got halitosis or whatever, or amazingly bad teeth. I'm not sure why, but but they 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 do this as a politeness thing, not necessarily as a cleanliness cleanliness thing. 
definitely not a not a not a not a health thing. So, um, stop buying masks, stop wearing masks if you're not sick. Please stop that because it, it's again we're out of masks for people who are actually sick, people who actually have the virus. I don't know why. Again, I don't know why y'all buying toilet paper. I don't have any idea. Now, I saw a very very good, and this has gone longer than I thought it would, but this has gone because I've been thinking about this, and I haven't done we haven't, on Fight Back 2020, done a um, a show about this, which is why we're doing this now. Now, I saw a very, very interesting explanation of why soap and water is better than all the hand sanitizers. You guys have gone out to the Walmarts and you bought up all the damn hand sanitizers. Why? For what reason? Well, you've bought these hand sanitizers and the thing that you should have bought that actually can protect you and keep you from contracting and or spreading coronavirus is this. Soap. Soap. The exterior of the virus is covered in a, in a, in a material that soap soap is able to break down and the guts the bad part of the virus the inside of the virus is exposed and dies soap and water is the best thing wash your hands with soap and water with warm to hot water build up build up a sudsy lather get between the fingers and under the nails, that's the best thing. That's better than any of the hand sanitizers. Now, if you're in a position where maybe uh, you can't get to a sink, then I guess hand sanitizers are the next best thing, but they truly are the next best thing. They're not the best thing. They're the next best thing. And make sure that you have hand sanitizers that ha- that are at least the, at least 60% alcohol. So these sort of designer hand sanitizers with like 10% alcohol and a 90% glitter you got from Be- Bath and Body Works, you're just fooling yourselves. Actually, it's, it, they're more dangerous than not having anything. Because you think you're okay, but you're not okay. You're not helping anybody. But, you know, the people who who you buy that crap from. So if you're going to get hand sanitizers, get something that has at least 60% alcohol. Or something that's at least, you know, 30 proof. (laughs) 30 proof liquor. But, you know, pour some... um, some 151 or 150 rum on your hands. But keep your fingers out of your mouth. (laughs) So once you get the numbers and once there's some reality here, once there's some some rationalist, you know, rationalism here, it's obvious. It's obvious to me and it's obvious to us here at Fight Back 2020. Um, there are reasons to take precautions that make sense, but there's absolutely no reason to panic. There's no reason to panic. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense why the stock market is is up and down and up and down and up and down. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense that 
um, the NBA, the, the NBA, the NCAA, and, and Major League Baseballs are basically canceling their seasons. Um, I was talking to my son today, and we are, and you, and you might, if you followed me for for a while, you know that I'm, uh, I went to Florida State University, and I'm, we're, we are huge Florida State fans here in this, you know, in this house. We're just, I believe, garnet and gold, baby. That's all there is to it. And Florida, the Florida State basketball team, men's basketball team, uh, won the the ACC regular season. They were the first um, seed uh, going into the ACC um, championships, the playoffs, the you know the, the tournament. They were on the court today, warming up when the head of the ACC came out and basically told them that they were not going to get to play this tournament because the tournament had been canceled. The tournament had been canceled. They were given the ACC trophy because they had they won the regular season, which all that means they had the best record. And I thought, oh. yeah, I'm the guy who hates to see Florida State lose. I'm going to tell you, I hate to see Florida State lose. I hate to see Florida State lose. It makes me sad when we lose in football. It makes me sad. Which is probably something I ought to look into, really. <laughs> you know? It makes me sad. It makes me angry. But I hate when people talk bad about them. So you think I'd be overjoyed that we were able to get that trophy, that, that ACC championship trophy, without having to play North Carolina and Duke again, or Virginia. It's the crappiest way to win that ACC championship. Now, March Madness that we all that we all love and adore has been canceled. There will be no March Madness this year. There's only March Sadness. Now, there's March Sadness because 41 people in the United States have died. 41. Only 41. Now, that's sad for the 41 families, for sure. That's horrible for the 41 families. 4,900 people worldwide have died, and that's terrible for them. But today, just because of the regular seasonal flu, 1,100 people worldwide lost their lives today. And we're basically shutting our nation down over 41 ask questions if that doesn't make any sense to you ask questions I did a Facebook live today some of you might have seen it Uh, you want to check out my Facebook page my personal Facebook page Um, what are we going to get what are we about to give up what of our natural right are we about to abdicate and give up It's one thing for the NBA to decide they're not going to play games right now because they're a private entity. Good. Um, It's one thing for the XFL, and I don't know if I've heard from the XFL, or the NHL to decide they're not going to play games now. It's a private, at least for the past, you know, the next couple of weeks. That's it's a private entity. They can do whatever they want. It's oh, it's it's one thing for the NCAA to decide. As much as I hate it, they're not going to do any spring sports. Spring sports are are until further notice on hiatus. 
including the basketball championships and whatever sports they have in the spring, you know, the championships in the spring. As much as I hate it, they're, you know, NCAA is not a private entity, but close enough to a private entity that they're not a government entity. What bothers me greatly is when governments like New York and in California have decided that they are not going to allow gatherings, you know, people assembling in groups of more than a thousand people or 250 people. Can we walk that back once this emergency passes? Or will government have that hammer to use against us forever by simply saying that we can't allow this gathering, this assembling, because of potential health reasons? They've already done it. And a lot of you are okay with it for no reason. If you look at the numbers, it doesn't make any sense. Um, the regular, I mean, if, if we're going to be banning groups of, uh, you know, groups assembling over over a thousand people, then we should have been doing it all along. Because the seasonal flu right now is much more deadly, much more deadly than the than coronavirus. But we are letting government decide that there's only certain group. I mean, there's a certain number of, of people that can be in, in any, any assembled group. And some of y'all are okay with it. How much are we going to give up because of safety reasons, because of perceived safety reasons, because this illusion of safety that you're getting. We've done it in a lot of places. We've given up a lot of our freedom and liberty and uh, and, and, the, and the ability to, to, to come and go because after 9-11 because we wanted people to be safe. And what, we, and what we're finding out is that the TSA is not very good at their job. So it's just an illusion of safety, isn't it? Hmm. How much, because of this particular um, health emergency, how much, how many of our liberties are we going to give up? How many, how, how, how much of our liberty are you going to be good with giving up out of an abundance of caution? And that's something that nobody's asking any questions about. And that's something that the conservative world um, is not asking any questions about. And after hearing this, this is a question that you have to ask and you have to ask the um, local, regional, and federal authorities. Because this is going to be, I can guarantee it, this is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. A huge problem. I'm just going to tell you. If you don't think it's going to be a problem, you have not been watching your government on any level for the past 100 years. You, you you just haven't, and you and you just think that everything government does is for the good of of good of the people, and it's worth it. You're like the young people who who are ba- who who basically say that um, people shouldn't have freedom of speech if it hurts somebody else's feelings. Hmm? Yeah, freedom of speech. 
Free speech is for is for speech you don't like, by the way. Free speech is for people who hurt your feelings. <laughs> that's what is that's what it's for. So now in the same amendment where we have the right to assemble, now government didn't get and let's let's not get it twisted. Government didn't give you that right. That's a nat that's simply a an acknowledgement of the natural right that you have from God. That's what that's from. Are we abdicating that natural right for some perceived safety going forward? Don't think that that some of these, especially more progressive states and people will not try to use this against you later. They may be using it against you now. Anyway, I got to get out of here, make room for somebody else. Thank you ever so much for this uh, coming from this special edition of Fight Back 2020. My name is Willie Lawson. Fight Back 2020 is a production of fightbackmedia.com. Go to fightbackmedia.com for more information and all and links to all our assets and our, our partners of the 46 News from Red River TV, my friend Kevin and Janelle Batts, and of course my friend Paul Swanson on the Swanson Report S. W-A-N-S-E-N because it's Swedish and Paul's a Swedish guy I know. Till we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.